0: you. silvers here alongside the people's pulling guard brandon merrick brandon how you hanging today bud Uh,
1: man the pull the people's pulling guard bro i love that shit uh i don't know how he came up with that one but uh it gets my ego going for sure (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know uh we were talking a little bit before the podcast and uh seems like both of us are a little bit banged up um we my shoulder, you with your shins. Um, you know, I'm sure getting back to training is, isn't really a problem for either of us, but, uh, you know, maybe we both need a little bit of time to let ourselves recover, which I'm sure won't happen either.
0: <laughs> Just go back and listen to last week's episode and we'll be golden. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Training through injury, you know, yeah. Um, Speaking of which, I do hope everybody enjoyed that episode. Um, I know we may have gotten one or two different listeners, and I know of who listens to it, I guess. Um, So that was you. Thank you for coming out and listening to the podcast. It was great. Um, And if you have anything you want to know about, please reach out to us, like we said last time. Um, Anyways, JT, you want to? Kick us off today, or how are yeah. you doing, my guy? Um, you
0: know, I can't complain, complain aside from I'm having a big fat pain. bruise on my shins from the barbell, but uh, yeah, I've had a pretty good week. Kind of decided to deload a little this week because I was just like wiped out from school and kind uh, end, end of the training cycle anyway. So I was like, ah, dial it back just a little bit. So I did some heavy back squat a couple of days a week, and then been doing a lot more rowing. And actually, yesterday traveled down to Charlestown and got and picked up a, a Concept Two rower that this guy was selling. That evidently he'd only used like five times. Oh, you know, like damn near brand new, and been been using that.
1: That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So you can't beat something like that. So, well, it's uh, it's good to hear. Um, JT, um, I hope school's going well. I think you told me it was. So
0: yeah, so far so good, man. We only got a few more weeks left. Like five weeks left. Awesome. Well,
1: I know you'll keep plugging along, and everybody's rooting for you. So go crush that shit, and then uh, get back to some heavy training. <laughs> Um uh, well since it is March Madness, JT, I figured before we get into our podcast I'm gonna ask you about basketball. Um what what are you thinking right now, like with all the crazy upsets and just I guess how COVID's played out, um how it's affecting some of those teams that should be excelling and they're not.
0: You know well, I kinda think it's a product of two things. I think it's a product of the, the big conference schools being overhyped and overrated because they get the TV attention and, you know, they got the big money. But a lot of the time you see these uh, these kind of quote-unquote underdog schools where you got a lot of juniors and seniors on a team and they've been playing together for three or four years and it just takes some really solid defense and a couple of runs – put them over the top of some of these maybe more talented schools. But I really enjoy seeing those upsets, man. I don't know about you.
1: Oh, I'm in the same boat, dude. I, uh, so unfortunately for me, I had Texas and Illinois in one of my brackets going all the way and they both got beat. So, um, Illinois this morning and then Texas last night, which is just unfortunate, but, uh, you know, that's okay. Um, I'm low-key rooting for Loyola anyways, so, um, I I, I don't know, it's, it's always fun, everybody loves March Madness, um, really, college sports are where it's at to watch some of the best, you know, best all-around games being played. Definitely Uh, some of the best storylines, too. Oh, yeah, right, um. But, I don't know, it's, it's a different from professional as well because, like, the professionals know they're going to get paid either way and um, all these college guys are just looking to make it to that next level, right? So, they're always busting their ass where the professionals may not be. Right. You look like the college baseball players, dude. Um, you see them coming out of the dugout and they're sprinting across the field to get to their spots. You know, that that's. I think that's one of the cool things about um, college sports you know there's there's always that sense of urgency that the pros don't always have
0: yeah because uh, your, time, your time in college sports is always limited right like there's no guarantee that you're going to get a chance to play at a higher level and that's why I think some of these underdog schools are so much more motivated a lot of the time is that this is their shot at glory they're not going to go on and win an NBA championship um, but you know that national championship at the college collegiate level is going to have their name on it forever.
1: Right, man. I, I definitely agree with you. Well, let's, uh, enough about basketball, man. Um, we got a few more weeks of that. We can talk about it another time, Yeah. but, uh, but let's see, see when
0: these stories here. play out and somebody get to the elite eight or something like that. That'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So Brandon, uh, I know you train in an awfully different setting than I train, but I know you work with some athletes who maybe don't have the experience in the weight room like you or I do. Um, so I kind of want to preface that this question with that, just kind of get your mind thinking about it. Um, what kind of gym goer is worse? The individual with no knowledge of training who's telling other people what they're doing is incorrect or the individual with a strong conviction to a training program. And I say that like loosely. They do the same thing over and over again. That exposes them to more risk than to reward. Or like they're seeing the trees but not the forest. that kind of sense.
1: Uh, okay, are you are you want me to answer that? Just kinda wanna or you just want me to think-
0: puzzle your mind a little bit over this question because you may or may not have seen people that fit these cases. Um I just kind of want to let you think about that a little bit because the topic today is, you know, not really a, a specific thing. We're just kind of having a little rants and rapes. Um, yeah. uh, and it's there, this, been a long time coming. Yeah, this came to mind after the other day being in the gym. And I've heard about this happening a couple of times, but never actually witnessed it myself. But here's a the situation. Uh, There's a high school kid. Um, 17 years old, I think on the, on the Olympic platform doing power cleans and he's getting close to his body weight and he's getting the bar on the, on the front rack, standing it up and dropping it onto the platform again. And Brandon, you've used our equipment. You know that that can be kind of loud and in an empty gym that amplifies the sound a little bit more. So there's an elderly gentleman who. (laughs) after two or three reps maybe, comes over and gets in this high school kid's face and is telling him, you don't need to be dropping the weight to the floor. You need to stop doing that. It's not going to benefit you to drop the weight to the floor. So I step in and I tell him that he's absolutely wrong and that Will, the high school kid, is doing what he needs to be doing and that he's actually doing the safest option in terms of unloading himself from the barbell because that's how you want to end the Olympic lifts. You don't need to control the weight back down. It's not an eccentric movement. So after telling him this, he still wanted to argue with me. So I told him, look, I'm certified to coach these lifts. There's no no one more expert in this building than I am. And he still wanted to argue with me, telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. When when you when you fight with the pigs, you end up getting dirty, and the pigs like it. So I just kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay, don't don't bother this kid anymore. That's essentially, how I left the conversation and just walked away. Um, and it really didn't frustrate me, you know, that he had an opinion on this subject, even though he didn't have a right to have one. It's just the fact that he was so convicted to telling me that I was wrong, even though I'm an. Can I say this? just under definition. I don't consider myself to be an expert, but I am certified. So therefore, I'm more expert than him. Um, And, you know, kind of struck me like, we're young adults, and we may not be the most experienced in our field. But by that definition, we are expert. And just because somebody's older than us, they want to tell us that we're wrong. And I feel like that's kind of the uphill battle that our generation faces a lot of the time is that these, these older folks, they have the sense of entitlement because they've made it to, you know, 60, 70, 80 years old, whatever it is. And they don't want to take advice from somebody who's young because we're young. How can we know what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, man, that's just kind of, The unfortunate part of being um, gym rats, (laughs) JT, um, you know, I I don't even know if I, well, I say gym rats just in the fact that we love being in the gym, um, you know, and for anybody out there wondering about JT's credentials, he's more than willing to give them to you. But on the topic of Olympic weightlifting, he is what, a level one certified coach? That's correct. Yep,
0: USAW level one.
1: So he's gone through the class, taken the test, paid his $3,000 to get it. Um, You know, and me personally, I would have it as well, but, um, you know, I just don't want to do it right now. There's no guarantee. Like, it it serves me no purpose. So, um, unless I was going to go compete, which, unfortunately, I'm not going to because I'm just not that strong. Um, But, the fact that you know I've been doing this with Lucas for a long time. Lucas has competed; he knows what he's doing, and I've learned from him. I've done my research, you know. JT's done his research, taking the class, gotten his certifications, all the, all that type of thing. And we are educated on the sport. And, um, you know, I'm probably gonna get into a little bit here late, later to JT, but you know, when people tell you that you're wrong because, um. Well, one, they don't know who you are, right? And that's that's a problem, and it's just an unfortunate side of
0: of um, you know what we see every single day. Yeah, you know, I think the fact right. of the matter was that I wasn't going to let him have his way, and he didn't like that.
1: Well, there's that <laughs> so stubborn ass people, right? You know? <laughs> but. I don't know. It's just people who really don't know jack shit about the weight room just don't need to be talking. Yeah. Uh, you can go in get the stuff you want to get done done, but, um, you know, there's no reason for you to go over and tell others what's going on. Right. Right. Because if I'm a coach at my high school and I see another coach putting their players through something that I don't necessarily agree with, I'm not going to go over there and tell them that they're wrong.
0: I just want it. Yeah, the approach uh, I'd take is just ask them about it after the workout is over. Like, hey, tell me more about that movement you were doing. Oh, well, for sure. Start a dialogue, uh, I, not tell them, "Hey, that's dumb." <laughs> that's the wrong way to go about it.
1: Yeah, and you know that's kind of what I did the other day. It's um, I saw a a team. I'm not going to use any names, but a team was snatching. Um or attempting to snatch and um, I don't know what it was, but most of these athletes don't know how to properly clean. Um, And the clean's a little bit safer than the snatch, I believe. But when you're trying to snatch with a grip that's maybe an inch wider than your clean grip, um, you have kids that don't have the mobility to put the bar overhead. Um, they don't know how to catch without starfishing. JT, if you know what I mean yep. by starfishing. Yeah. You know, yep. um, I, I have offered to go through the snatch with some of those athletes um, if they really wanted to learn. And I, I, my advice wasn't taken. So, um, I don't know. Maybe next time I'll, just, I'll try to help. But I don't want to be a dickhead either and, you know, put myself in a situation where I'm not going to win. Bring it. Uh, Dang, I tried to be real political about that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, JT, you know, me and you and hopefully our listeners by now know that we aren't stupid. Um, we know what we're talking about a little bit when it comes to Olympic weightlifting. Yeah, this is far more than a
0: hobby for you just know. the two of us.
1: Yeah right, and you know one of, I think I got told this in college too, JT, that I wasn't I shouldn't drop bumper plates on platforms. Right, you know our nice platforms that we have at Hanover, or our decent platforms—they're meant for that. Right. Right, the big wooden boxes with all the horse mats and shit on it, like it's meant for us to drop plates on. And a college coach was telling me. I should not do that. That made me mad at one point in time, too. <clears throat> so, anyways, JT, I don't know if you got any more on that, but I'm just kind of rambling at this point. You know,
0: so. I just think the best option, the best option for this gentleman would have been to ask me prior to stepping into this kid's face because he knows I work there. He could have asked me, like, is what he's doing safe? Instead of taking his lack of opinion into this kid's face to loudly tell him in front of the world and everyone that he was wrong uh, and trying to embarrass him into getting him to do what he wanted, Um, which, again, speaks to that generation versus our own. I think we just, I'm speaking out of my own experience. We just know better. It's not something I would have done. Um but yeah, I think that pretty well wraps up that rant. Um Brand, you want to take us on to some of the uh the Instagram coaches and some uh influencers in the uh in the sports sports and what uh fitness world?
1: Uh JT, I can hear you starting to giggle behind what you just <laughs> said. Um oh gosh. Um JT, we both know the guy we're probably about to talk about, um, and we've gotten into heated discussions about how dumb this dude is. But in general, functional coaches, JT, um, I guess there's not really a definition on it, but I'll try my best to give one. These function- these coaches, types of coaches, um, generally want to focus on specificity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they try to push um, certain movements that will relate to, well, in this case, animals um, or sports or, you know, whatever they're training their athlete to do. Um, and a lot of it's really convoluted and um, outdated and super explained, I guess I'll say. Um, because these guys will tell you that, you know, your basic movements like the squat, the bench, the clean, the snatch, um, movements like this aren't good enough for you, the average gym goer, or they're not good enough for the um, super athlete, right. right? Like your NFL players, your professional players, things like that. They'll tell you that those, the movements, like just the general movements that everyone does every single day, is not good enough for them. So they have to come up with a convoluted method of trying to get these athletes to be better when they really don't need to. Um, JT, do you know any um, – maybe maybe don't mention this guy right off the bat, but do you know any other functional coaches that are like this or have you ever met somebody like this? Um,
0: have I ever met? No. But, you know, every once in a while, I'll see some stuff on Instagram that pops up. And I'm just like, who is this for? A lot of the time, for whatever reason, like boxing and like combat training pops up on my feed, even though I only follow strength and weightlifting stuff. Um, And I'm just like, yeah, I guess I could see how that would relate. Because I've never never participated in combat sports, so I can't make any judgment there. But it does get the wheels turning a little bit, like wondering why you would be doing this kind of thing but again I'm not an expert by any means on combat sports so that's really the only example I can come up with aside from you know the one guy who I know we're going to get to <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: so I guess that's enough dance around it but um this guy's name is Dr Joel Siegman he is what has his? What does he have his doctorate in? JT, uh, exercise science or movement, or some kind something? of sports psychology. Like
0: um, and I don't want to, I don't want to take away from this guy because clearly he's put the time in to become a doctorate uh, or to get his doctorate degree. And I mention it often. I'm getting my master's. It's not easy work. It's a lot of work. Um, but you know that time is time spent. So can't disrespect him for that.
1: No, right. You know, we, we obviously won't degrade that. Um, um, JT, have you read his thesis? It's out there. Um, (laughs) I haven't either, but I've heard, uh, I've heard Zach Kalender talk about it with, uh, Lane Norton on his podcast episode. Um, I forget what it is. Um, If I find it, I can put the link in the description. But it's a really good one. You all should go listen to it. Um, But anyways, Dr. Joel Seedman is one of these functional coaches. He's down in, what, Georgia, I think. Um, He's got a large following um, just because everybody likes to rag on him or some people actually believe what he's doing is correct. But he, he does have that large following. He does train some high-level athletes. But here's what we need to understand about these guys, JT. They are salesmen. All right? They are conmen, salesmen, whatever it is. They are ch- determined to sell whatever they have on their market, their training programs, books, um, whatever they can get their hands on. Okay. Um, And they'll do it by saying, yeah, I've coached Joe Schmo. He's a D one basketball player. Um, I got this other guy. He's a triple a pitcher. Um, I got some free agent NFL guys over here and you know, um, you can he can really draw in a lot of people, um, like the average gym goer, like you or me, um, or somebody who may not know as much about the gym. Obviously, he can drag people in just because of names that are associated with at at the professional level, <laughs> right? Um, but you know he he's his stuff is just super convoluted and out there. He'll. Post his Instagram stuff, and he's got, you know, four or five paragraphs saying that my one arm, one leg, dumbbell bench press while holding the foam roller in one foot, and, you know, uh, a barbell in the other while I'm trying to touch my toes over my head. Um, You know, and he'll say uh, he's just trying to do a couple, uh, Reps of one arm dumbbell while working on his core. I I don't really understand it, but um, y'all have to go look at look up this idiot on Instagram. Um, <laughs> JT, uh, I'll I'll let you talk a little bit more about so, it.
0: I like what you yeah. said. He's a salesman. What we don't want to do is feed him free viewership. So maybe don't go look him up on Instagram. Go look up some of his stuff on YouTube where people are roasting him instead, so you don't give him more clicks. Um, but I think a lot of what he's doing is deliberately saying controversial things so that people will respond in the comments and get more attention because he knows how the Instagram algorithm works and more viewership equals more money in his pocket. So, you know, I felt, I feel victim to this trap. I saw him doing some stupid shit with the NFL athletes and I just I put the clown emoji in the comment he responded like here, read the articles first. And I was like, okay, you wrote those. They're on your website. They're not peer reviewed. I don't give a shit what you have to say about this stuff. I want the real meat. I want the articles that back this up because whatever you say is what you want it to say. Um, which if you're, if you're around the sports community, if you're around the sports science community, you're a coach at all everything you need to be be doing with your athletes has to be evidence-based. And that's the thing that's really frustrating to me is that the evidence clearly states that general training, your squat bench, deadlift, clean, even just clean pulls, rows, the very simple movements that you can do with the barbell, dumbbells, whatever, should be 80% of your training program. If you're not playing a sport, if you're currently in off-season, 80% of your training should be that. Where you're just trying to get stronger. And what he does is does the opposite. The emphasis is on these high hyper specific what he'll like he'll connect, he'll correlate one movement with something that a the that a, let's say a football player will do on the field maybe once every game and say, This is great for this. Okay, maybe it is. Why would you spend a training period, a day, training for one thing? athlete's not going to take benefit from that unless he's doing it often. And you're going to waste even more time by putting that in their program week over week. That's stupid. It's a waste of time. If you want athletes to stay good athletes and prevent injury, you need to have, heavily load them and have them do com- compound movements that are simple. Um, and... and it's just it's it's deliberately polarizing. Like I said, to get to get more of the the controversy and get get people riled up because it's easy to see if you're in this industry that a lot of the stuff he's doing is not evidence based. Like his classic claim that nobody should squat below a ninety degree bend in the knees, which to me is asinine, and I'm sure you can agree there, Brandon.
1: Yeah. Um, so that video that JT is talking about, go watch Zach Kielander's video with Sam Spinelli. Um, that's the, uh, what is it? The, the pain doctor for Olympic weightlifters. Um, he, he has his doctorate in chiropractic or, um, exercise physiology, something like that. And he snatches like two (laughs) seventy five. Um, he's a freaking nature and he, he talks about how, uh, semen will take, you know, articles dated back in what the sixties or seventies saying how squatting below, um, squatting below 90, uh, serves no benefit, right? Um, he's just using really outdated or, um, non conformational data. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, JT? Um to, to back up his points. And you know being in 2021, we know that a squat with a full range of motion where you hit a bottom position is um a better way to build your your knee extensors or your quads. Um you know um squatting to competition depth is probably the best way to squat, your strongest squat. Um, you know, there, there's no reason that you need to do um, single-leg quarter squats while standing on a foam roller. You know, there's no reason to do some of this stupid shit that he has you doing. JT, speaking of stupid shit, did you see the video Seedman put out about the workouts you should be doing during covid
0: you said you sent me that that should be in the link in the in the description oh that should be in the in the description for the pod that's hilarious <laughs>
1: i'll put it i'll put it in the description when i find it but this man didn't describe body weight squats he didn't describe or subscribe whatever i'm trying to whatever word i'm trying to use he didn't prescribe push ups um You know, he said, swing your arms around and act like a gorilla. Um, You know, it's just some of the stuff that's out there, man, it's just, if you have any knowledge of the gym, why would you do some of this shit? Like, I really question why NFL athletes are training with this dude now. Right? And what's, what's stupid is, He's taking the best athletes in the world, the super athletes of the world, and saying, I built this with right. my training program. No, don't be a dumbass. These guys were already made. They have the genetics to be the best in the world. You can't create that right. shit. Stop he's worked it. with
0: these he's worked with some of these athletes three times, and then he holds them up and says, Look what I created. Where they would literally be no worse off. This individual, Joel Seaman, never existed on Earth.
1: They'd still be making millions of dollars. It'd still a be year.
0: insanely, They'd still insanely be teams. Teams. <sighs> Dude, I
1: mean, you know, and. I guess what it really comes down to, it's maybe it's the cognitive dissonance thing, man. I, you know, I've told you and Ryan and Murph and Wyatt, all this stuff that um, I believe are, you know, a theory that I've heard. Um, JT, do, do you know what cognitive dissonance it's when is? when you've
0: physically convinced your body that you're telling the truth, even when facts backing it up don't support you. <laughs> right. Um, so
1: basically, um, there's a story that I've said before, but it's um it's basically about people making money for themselves in one occasion, and then money for charity on one occasion, based on the roll of a set of dice. Okay, and on each roll, the set of dice are hooked, hooked up to lie detectors, and eventually, what people found out is these people would lie based on their roll. So say you roll the dice and you're only getting like six bucks. Um, obviously the underside of the one is a six. Um, they'd say they got mm-hmm. the six instead of the one. Right. So they would do that. And then what what's weird is the lie detector could tell when people were lying about making money for themselves, but not when they were lying about making money for charity. Because their conviction, their belief of making money for charity is so correct that lying about it to get more money um, just fits well that they believe that's right. what they should it's have the, done. I anyway. believe that what
0: they're doing is justified so they're righteous in lying even because it's not benefiting them. It's benefiting others.
1: Right. Right, right, right. And, and maybe that's what's happening with Seidman here. Like his... His work that he's put in, the uh, the amount of research that he's done, he's so convicted in that belief that, you know, there's no other training method out there that can do what his does. Um, which is true because his training method is bullshit.
0: Um, yeah, there's no plan. You know. It's just we're going to work on this today because I feel like it. I feel like yeah. it'll get me attention on Instagram.
1: And it will, unfortunately it will, you know, his glute ham machine offset barbell rows or his, uh, toe walk pushups with weight on his back. Um, you know, just some of the random crap he has out there. It'll get a lot of use because it, it's so obscure and nobody's ever seen it before.
0: So, to that and think you
1: know, people are going to want to try and they're like yeah oh, or they'll
0: hard. react and say oh that's innovative I've never seen that done before and then you try and you're like who is this for yeah like
1: what purpose does any right. of this have
0: it's like um kind of borrowing back to a, fa- a phrase I used earlier he's found like the one tree that he really really loves that And he's just standing six inches away from it, surrounded by other trees. Can't see the forest. That one thing he's so fixated upon. Even though the tree is dead and dying. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I think...
1: This is my tree, and there's no other tree out there. This is the last tree on earth.
0: That's I think it's tree. so important to have not only evident, evidence-based programming, but clarity with your athletes. I, li- I literally will remind my athletes, my clientele, hey, look, if you don't know why we're doing a movement, you can't tell which muscle group this is supposed to hit. First thing, ask me. Second thing, if I can't answer you, you don't have to do it anymore. If I didn't think it was good for you, I wouldn't be having you do it. And don't get me wrong, Brandon. I do get outside of the box, and have them do some strange and different things, like a variation of the Y balance test at a deficit, because so it's a single leg squat and it works on your balance. Some of these folks in my classes, they're in their fifties, sixties, seventies. They need that stuff. Um, would I have that? Would I have my uh, eighth grader, who's going to be a freshman, doing that? Probably not. He just needs to work on general athleticism. But there's still benefit to be had. Um, The difference I have when I implement these kind of off-the-wall or outside-the-box kind of training protocols is that they're like one exercise out of the whole workout of like 12 different movements, where the rest of them are like your basic fundamental blocks. And that's where the difference has to be. You can't implement, you know, eight different exercises that are all like single leg banded RDL with the kettlebell in your teeth. And you got your, you got one eye blindfolded while you're getting red cards coming out of a deck and you have to tell them which, which ones are left. I think it's just, it doesn't have to be complex. There's not a silver bullet exercise out there. You know, We know that the basics work, man, because the basics have always worked. There's a reason why people still squat, still deadlift, and still bench. That shit will make you stronger. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that.
1: Right. You know, and I love the way you said it, JT. You know, if you can't explain it quickly, Um, Or right on the spot, then there's no reason for your athletes to be doing it. Right. This, this dude, Joel Seaman, has to write a five page essay on, you know, why he's doing a one arm dumbbell press where he's hanging off a bench you know it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do when you could just lay on the freaking bench and work on stability with a one-arm dumbbell press
0: the the learning curve of learning some of these new exercises has got to not be worth the time you know what i mean because like we talked we talked about this the other day in class like uh, does every athlete that plays a sport at the high school or collegiate level need to know how to do a clean? If the clean pull will do the same job, it's just saving on technical mastery. And a clean pull is li- liable to be safer in the long run because there's no there's no catch and you know eccentric portion to the lift. So why would you want to spend? 20 minutes explaining and then demonstrating and then refining an athlete's technique on this obscure lift that they will do literally once. They'll do a set of 10 and then go back to it maybe twice more. And that will be the only time they ever participate in that movement. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you, man.
1: Um, you know, and most of the time, these guys only have an hour, hour and a half to work out anyway. So why take up the 45 minutes of their time trying to teach one movement that, like you said, is never going to be done again. Um, it it just doesn't make sense. You don't have
0: to to be as good a coach. If you only have four exercises, you're going to have your clients do and you just take up the whole time by explaining them. It's easy money. All right.
1: Yeah, I guess you have a point, you know. I guess the point of the gym is now not to go in and sweat or get any work in. It's about going in, trying to put your leg up your ass, <laughs> and then eat a slice of pizza. Put um,
0: the barbell on one shoulder and you know, the slice of pizza just, on, in the other hand.
1: You know, there's nothing wrong with simple people. Um I guess it's the last thing I'm going to say on this, dude. There's nothing wrong with simple, go in, squat, bench, deadlift, clean. Do some of the things that JT and I talk about daily, because that the stuff we talk about is how you get strong, right?
0: Um, And you know, I really I don't want to demonize doing special exercises because there's a time and a place for them. But if you're new to the gym. And you don't have a ton of experience, you've not spent a lot of time training, the basics will work for years. Literally for like two years, before you have to be concerned with like, okay, my bench is stalled out now. So how do I fix that? Well, probably with some special exercises, either for your for your triceps or your chest. Right. And then you then you implement those then. You don't want to start off by training and say, okay, how do I build up a strong bench? I've never benched before, but what would I do if I wanted to make my bench stronger without ever benching? That's like put, it's putting the cart before the right horse. Bench. right? Is that kind of specialized and then general training? It should always be general first until you've mastered the simplest movements. And then you want to diverge into some of the more complex, like unilateral movements or, or anything like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just going to keep saying it, but you don't have to reinvent the wheel to go in the gym and get stronger or get more athletic. You just don't have to. Um, you know, there's a reason why weightlifting is the oldest sport in the world because it's the true test of strength. Um, you know, it's just just the way it is. They And, you know, the best in the world only do three movements, right? They snatch, clean, and squat. That's it. That's all I do. And I 100% believe they are the strongest athletes in the world, without a doubt. You take Brian Shaw or Eddie Hall and tell them to do a clean and jerk or a snatch, they can't do it. And then you have Lasha, who weighs less than these guys and is snatching 221 kilos. Right? That's just a different breed of human being.
0: Yeah so well and one of my favorite tenets to kind of go off of the the idea of simplicity is that athletes should not be made to think when you are training especially a group of athletes brandon i'm sure you can attest to this do you want your athletes thinking like okay left leg here right hand here right knee bends now and then extends now and like all this crap going on instead of just down and up. Right. No, <laughs>
1: definitely not. Like, you know, unless I'm doing something that's a little bit more sports specific, like I know uh, coach K used to have me do some different drills. So I would learn how to turn my hips better. Like, you know, unless, unless it's something like that. No, but, Obviously, like you said, that shit comes at the end of your workout, right? That is extra stuff you do to get better at your sport, your specific stuff, right? There's no problem with doing general stuff and then going to specific stuff, okay? You know, you got to set aside that time to get stronger, do your strength work, Um, you know, and and athletes should know that. Like, it should be unrack, do your lift rack and go on
0: I do have one other thing I want to ask you about and I know I know you saw this because I saw that you liked it on Instagram you saw you saw Ryan Crowley Terrace Peck working out with Larry wheels is Larry wheels good for fitness or not brutal
1: um honestly I don't mind Larry wheels. Uh, you know, he's very open about his steroid use. Um, but you know, I almost lean to the point of where he is pretty good for athletes. You know, he's, he's out there pushing other, yeah, he does some like some obscure stuff and he's always about bodybuilding and trying to get stronger, which is fine. But, you know, he is one of those guys that will elevate another athlete and push them to their absolute best, you know. And in that way, I think he is a good inspiration for some people. But, you know, other and, – and honestly, you know, he doesn't do anything obscure. He does the same thing. He does bench clean squat – or bench squat deadlifts, I'm sorry – um you know that's that's really all he does so you know he's showing that yes you can get stronger just by doing these yep. things granted he's on drugs yeah, well but he's very the only reason
0: i asked his questions because i was I, I saw this after seeing on instagram i saw a post on the bodybuilding subreddit and it was interesting to me because it got me thinking about him in a different way was that somebody commented with the concept like he's doing this just for attention, just like everybody does on Instagram, but like pushing these athletes maybe outside of their comfort zone. Cause like apparently in that training session, Crowley had said literally like, I just want to do some cable flies. And then here he is later trying to push five plates on incline bench, a lift that for all intents and purposes does not need to be maxed out on like ever. Um, And he like, it was clear he was not prepared to make that lift that day. Um, So I was just kind of curious to get your take on that because like Larry's strong as shit. There's no disputing that. (laughs) Um, Crowley dropped away and crawled out from under it. Larry caught it and it didn't move. So, you know, um, credit to the work that he's done, but I just like, I don't necessarily think that people should be out there taking his advice for training or like trying to, compare themselves to a guy who is on steroids and has been for a long time because it's an impossible standard to live up to and i i have this problem where i see especially high school kids they're maxing out like weekly they don't need to be doing that to themselves it's it's really not going to be that beneficial in the long run but they want to do it because they see these guys on the internet lifting really heavy weights and they want to be like them which is fine but you have to understand the process you can't just decide like yeah Okay, I've been training for about a month. It's time that I max out on deadlift. And then you're not happy with where you maxed out. So you max out again week over week for 3 weeks. Where do you end up with that? You end up probably no no better off than where you started because you're doing these low volume loads where you're really really struggling and you're not getting any benefit out of lifting one and a quarter, one and a half of your body weight once, twice that good for
1: you yeah man um you know i hadn't heard that about uh the spe- specifics of you know that workout that took place with larry and um Crowler. um you know if that's the case and that really sucks for him because i guess he's yeah. up and coming in the bodybuilding world um, uh, yeah, that's sad to hear. But, you know, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, not everything has to be trying to get 50 reps of 315 on bench press um, or trying to hit, you know, maximum weights every single day. Um, well, I, I I say, like, maxing out every single day, you know. Um, I agree with you there. Uh, I guess if you look back at what I said, I, I think the pushing of people um, to do their best, I think that part of him yeah. is great, right? Pretty sure. That's I don't I disagree.
0: You know, like, every everybody um, has a potential yeah. to be a better whatever they want to be as long as they put the work in. But you have to understand, especially with training, like, protein powder is not going to up your bench press by 20 pounds in two weeks. Like, it's not, there's no miracle solution aside from doing the work in a deliberate and probably at a pace that you're not going to be happy with. Right. Cause everybody wants just that, that silver bullet, right? Where you're going to, you're going to see like your, your SBD go up by like 125 pounds in a month. Like, it just doesn't happen like that unless you're just some kind of godsend athlete, which Joe Schmo, you're not. I promise.
1: No, you, you're exactly right, man. And you look at some of the best in the world, like Donnie Schenkel, it took him five years to increase, I think, his hang clean max or his hang snatch max, whatever it was. Maybe his jerk in, in the clean. It took him five years. And he's the best in the world. Right? Um, you know, and... and that's okay. Training takes time. We've said it before. It is a long process. And if you're not gonna fall in love in the process, then well you may oh, need to find something The unfortunate
0: else. truth is if you if you don't learn that, if you're out there doing doing exactly what I laid out, like if you're maxing out really frequently and you're you know, you're just searching for a miracle cure and you're not really following any kind of solid program you're going to find out one of these ways either you're going to you're going to experience injury or you're going to see your numbers start to fall back down because you're overtraining yourself or you're not training yourself to get any benefit uh, because you're not prepared for the type of training that you're doing Uh, which both of those really really not good scenarios to be in but you know i'm of the opinion you're going to learn one way or another if you're not going to learn from a quote-unquote expert Somebody with experience in the field who knows what they're talking about, you're going to learn from some kind of detriment to your performance. And I would rather it be the previous to the latter, but everybody's going to learn their own ways, is uh, the unfortunate truth.
1: You're right, JC. You're definitely right, my man. Well, um, I don't know, maybe this is my last thing, JT. Um, Could you give your top three pet peeves of the weight room? Or do you know
0: three pet peeves Um, that you have in the weight room? People who load up their weight and then sit on their phone for five, ten minutes in between sets, especially because we only have two squat racks, and that happens a lot with the squat with squat rack where somebody occupies the rack for way longer than they need to. Um, racking weight incorrectly or not racking it at all. So like putting a 25 and then a 45 and then a 35 all in the same pin, like, you know, your shapes, but all the same shapes, the same shapes. Uh, <laughs>
1: No, JT, The round circle goes in the square hole. We had to do
0: kindergarten over again. I don't think some of these folks would pass. And the final one, and this has been just due to COVID, is just not disinfecting the equipment that you're using or, like, wiping your bench down after you use it, which I thought was common courtesy even before there was a global pandemic, but apparently it's just something that I'm delusional about and thought maybe... Other people cared about hygiene as well, but maybe not. Nah, I'd rather be dirty. <laughs> Boost your immune system. Um.
1: Yeah. More <laughs> nasty, make less sick. Come on, That's going on our
0: first t-shirt.
1: Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Correct.
1: Speaking of which, we need to get t-shirts out. Um. But I guess my top three are yeah. one slamming an empty barbell, um, or a barbell with a sub, like a right. like tens or 15s on it. Okay, um, I think maybe at like the well, even 25s, maybe at like the 35 and above or 135 and above, you can drop weights, but um anything yes. below that the plates are just too flimsy don't do it um and don't right. screw up a barbell cuz you're a piece of shit um you can set it on the ground right if you pick, if you can pick up an empty barbell you can set it on the ground too um and yeah I'm with you man uh not re racking your weights and sitting on your phone have to be up there for me um there's there's a difference for me when I'm sitting at my own home gym and I have the time and I can sit on my phone, but obviously if you're right. in a commercial gym, don't waste everybody else's time. Um, cause JT you've lifted with me and you know that I don't give a shit. I'll take hey man, that's
0: all good for I me do. though. Cause I need um, to slow myself down and you might need to speed yourself up. So we find ourselves in the perfect middle.
1: <laughs> uh, that's very true. Very true. Um, well, I, JT, I think we covered quite a bit. Um, I'm sure there's more rants and raves that'll happen, but, you know, we're about at an hour anyways, and um, there's no telling if people want to actually listen to us. Listen to more.
0: the intro, hear <laughs> us talk about basketball, and then they're dropping out. <laughs>
1: yeah, that would suck. Because they need to hear about this idiot. Um <laughs> But uh Yeah, first thing I want to say is
0: out, it, I'll send I'll send Brandon a couple of articles that support squatting below ninety degrees. Um in case you want to just have some ammunition against old Joel. Um but yeah, um make sure you're doing your research and you know, just bear in mind take everything you see on these Instagram or influencer, or whatever, their their pages. a grain of salt because you know that they're just doing stuff for clicks most of the time um so be careful who you who you listen to and whose opinion that you trust and if you don't know who to believe in and who you you should follow do your own research um the nsca has a lot of stuff available that is maybe maybe free if not free then it's that's reasonable to get your hands on and a lot of these basic principles are out there in the ether of the internet um accessible And, you know, if you want a little bit more personal dialogue, something that's suited more to your needs, feel free to contact Brandon or myself, um, because we do this shit for a living. Like it's what we're most passionate about. It's not just a hobby, right? Like this is life for us. So we're happy to talk about it with whomever is interested. Um, but make sure that when you get out there and you hit the weights this week, you rack them after you're done. (laughs) Um, You go hard, but only to the point of what's necessary. Um, Use a programmed and and mindful approach to that. Don't just say, (laughs) lift heavy stone, make sad head voice go away. (laughs) (laughs) And if you do want to do that, just like one thing a week (laughs) or maybe one thing a day, even like back squat and then row the next day. You don't have to do everything heavy all on Monday. Get it out of the way. Um, Get the best out of your training and be smart. Um, What we're trying to do here is help everybody to be a little more optimal because it's easy to follow the basics and get strong. Um, But when the basics start to wear off, the magic's fading a little bit, we got to have something to give us that extra edge, whether that edge is in recovery or in how we vary the load that's on the barbell or Whatever it is, and there's got to be a mindful and uh research backed, evidence based approach to that. So, go on, go online, get on PubMed or whatever you have access to for free, hook up your mouse and rip it right into the uh, <laughs> right into the search bar so you can find some good stuff to learn from and carry on to your training program. Take care. <laughs> we